from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio, welcome to Celebrating Powerhouse Women. Celebrating Powerhouse Women is proudly presented by CAB Incorporated and Capital City Home Loans. And good morning, everybody, and welcome to Celebrating Powerhouse Women. This is the series that salutes and recognizes women leaders making an impact. I am your host, Amanda Pierch, and it is my great pleasure to introduce our guest today, Miss Barbara Peters. Now, she is not here alone, folks. Those of you who are not able to see, she has brought a quadruped friend along with her who is actually seated at the table with us microphone pointing at the snoot mr Britton, who is a king cavalier now before we get into uh into the doggy portion of the show um barbara is a relationship coach and an author and uh, a good friend of ours dr bill lampton introduced us via email about a year ago and being that you're from out of state we finally got the opportunity to sit down together and i couldn't be more delighted to meet you in person welcome to the show thank you so much it has been a long time and I'm so glad we finally made it and I'm so glad that I have my buddy and my best friend here Britain Britain well, well before we get into uh, what's gonna be my favorite portion of the interview um, I think I shared with you personally when we first spoke that I had a little girl she was a dachshund Boykin mix very similar in style of hair to uh, your beautiful Britain but I had to put her to sleep in January due to <sighs> due to some kidney failure so seeing him today really just brought so much joy and, and light into my life um, so tell our listeners a little bit about what you do as a relationship coach and author and how you kind of serve your clients and the impact that you make through that development so it's a long story how I got to do what I do and I think if you don't mind me going back oh, a bit we'll hop to into the DeLorean younger days I wanted to be an actress when I was young and I went to Emerson College in Boston this is gonna lead up to this if that's okay of course. and I was there for one semester and my best buddy was Henry Winkler, who is turned out to be on Happy Days. And when I saw that, I only left after one semester. I said, Barbara, why did you do that? I wanted to be an actress in the worst way. I went to New York City. I danced at Carnegie Hall. I, my mother gave, got me an, uh, an agent. I was on a television commercial. I had a theater coach. Anyway, turned out that I got to a sociology major, which you can do nothing with. <laughs> then I became a nurse. This is all leading up to where I am. Uh -huh. um, I wanted to be a nurse because I had my first daughter with so-called so natural childbirth, but I ended up with an epidural. But it was wonderful, and I said, oh, boy, I have to crusade. crusade. Everybody has to do this. So then I realized back in retro thinking over my life that relationships are tough. I saw my parents when I was very young get, they didn't get divorced, they got separated. I think I was four years old. And my mother took my father back when I was 12. But my brother, being many years older than I, sort of was my father figure at the time. So for those eight years, I guess I looked up to him. And so, at an early age, I saw <clears throat> relationship problems. I didn't realize that I was going, that was my niche in life until <laughs> um, later on, of course. Um, so when I ended up uh, done with the nursing, which I didn't want to do, I decided after all this, I was going to get my master's in counseling. 
Georgia State became my school because I lived in Atlanta at that time, not in New York anymore because mm-hmm. I am a New Yorker or mm-hmm. Long Islander, whatever shout, you want. Shout out, Mike. <laughs> I know. And Italian to boot. Ooh. So I don't know if you've interviewed an Italian New Yorker before, but... I, I used uh, <laughs> I used to work very closely with one. In fact, the gentleman sitting behind you is that exact combination. So, uh, yeah, so I went and got my master's, and I loved it. And all of a sudden, I realized, oh, boy, this is what I'm here to do. So I did marriage counseling for many years, a licensed professional counselor, right around and coming off exit 13 was yeah. my office. And loved it, and then decided that, it was time to do something else when I became interested in having a therapy dog. So I turned away the counseling and decided I'm going to do coaching, relationship coaching, because all relationships need help, all of them, the good ones, the not so good ones. And so during this time I had written books, I have to go back, I'm gonna transgress, but you can stop me and question me if I'm all over the place. My first book, The Gift of a Lifetime, Building a Marriage That Lasts, was written in 2009 when I was deep into the marriage counseling and I wanted everybody to get married, stay married forever, and have that gift of a lifetime marriage. That was what I wanted. Well, as we all know, that doesn't happen. Um, I did write the book and the book is great because it can be used as a gift It's a, for uh, people you know, parents and children getting married, there's a place in the book to write a love letter and a marriage vow. And it's a traditional marriage counseling, a marriage book. Nice. Well, after that, I loved writing. I, writing was another one of my things that I just loved doing. And so I ended up writing more books. <laughs> he said, she said, I said. Now that book I took from my clients. Mm-hmm. Clients would come to my office and they would say, well, he said this or she said that. And some of the things were, I have on the back cover, where she says, I love him, but I'm not in love with him any longer. So they would do a, he said or she said, I would do the I said. And that book became very interesting. People could pick it up and read anything it was done in in. Uh, chapters of communication and forgiveness and that kind of thing. So I loved writing. Then I decided to try and write, try my luck at romance. I'm not a romance writer. Was this fiction or was this um, actual or factual based? Your it wasn't actual based, uh-huh. but I did use people and things that I knew to put in the fantasy. Mm-hmm. I loved it. And I wrote it for the older population, for a woman in their, what what was Melanie? Melanie was in her 40s? Melanie was about 60, the major character. Well, it came about as a, we were having a 50th reunion, high school reunion. Uh And that's part of the book. It actually, people started getting together on social media and everyone talking about the reunion. And so I put some of the real stuff into the book and had a lot of fun writing it. And, but I'm not a romance writer, but that was fun. Yes, exercising all facets of your creativity. It was, and, and I actually did, did a lot of research. Like I wanted to make the um, Mark, Melanie's boyfriend, husband, whatever it ended up in, um, I wanted to make him a very wealthy entrepreneur, and I went online and looked at pictures of houses in California. Mm-hmm. 
the reason I did that, Amanda, was so I would be able to describe the house yeah. that I saw, you know, that this is where he lived. So, because when you write that kind of stuff, you have to have a lot of creativity. Right. And since I was writing relationship books, you don't need to be creative. Mm-hmm. That's about, factual, yeah. Right? So that's what I did. And I used some of my friends' characters so I could describe them better. So then, coming up to my relationship coaching and my authorship, I decided marriage is difficult. I think we all know that. People have trouble staying married nowadays. And you have a lot of second and third marriages and which brings in kids and families blended families and to be exact it is a actual very very difficult i mean marriage alone is difficult two people together you know are different so but now you have somebody else's kids and then you have exes and then you so i said you know what i was going to write a book this book 2 years ago is going to be very different it was going to be a long book, you know, with a lot of reading. And I said to my editor, no one wants to read that. These blended families are busy. Mm-hmm. They're taking kids to soccer or dancing lessons. And no one wants to read 200 pages to figure out what they need to do. I said, no, I don't want to do that. Let's make a recipe book. Ooh. So let's put it in recipes uh-huh. of, of, you know, what you need to do. And they're short. And they, that's how they're listed. Yes. And we put in some um, actual, some cartoons. We, we wanted to make a topic that is very negative. I wanted to make it s- positive. Positive, yes. And instead of calling them blended families, I like to call them value-added families. I like that, too. I love it. Because mm-hmm. there is value from new people. And it says it in there, but you have to see it. So there's a very cute cartoon in the book about a little boy is sitting there on a computer, of course, so with social media, and he's sending out Father's Day cards, and the caption is, send to all. How cute is that? Yes. So that's my writing career, and then mm-hmm. I decided, okay, let me just do coaching, okay? People can use coaching, but I have to explain to people. I get a lot of calls for counseling. Mm-hmm. And I have to explain the difference between counseling and coaching. Which is? Okay. Very good. Counseling, you usually get a diagnosis. It is usually a problem where people have either they might have been through an affair, um, they might have a husband or a wife that has an alcohol problem, uh, they might have a lot of problems that they can't work through. navigate together. Right. Um, and so they also might have um, issues of um, their own childhood issues coming into things. Coaching, on the other hand, the way I explain to my colleague, my, my community, is it's like a team. You know, you have a little league team and you have a coach. Mm-hmm. You know, usually it's one of the parents, right? Because <laughs> their kids on the team. Right. <laughs> so, um, and you want to take what you have and improve it. So I explain, if your marriage or your relationship is moving along, it's okay, but you want to make it better. You want to improve it. You don't want just the ho-hum every day, okay, you know, relationship. You want it, you want it better. That's what coaching kind of, it's, it's difficult to explain because most of the calls I'm getting are with big problems. Right. People that have been married for years and still haven't gotten their problems worked out. So, but that's what coaching is. And coaching is great because it's goal-oriented. Right. 
you know, there like are achievables, for, deliverables, and and you can see the progression as it unfolds. Absolutely, and the coach, me, keeps you on track. You have somebody that you're accountable to. Yes. And I love it because mm-hmm. it, we all need that sometimes. You know, we all say, oh, we're going to do this and we're going to do better and we're going to lose weight and maybe we're going to, I don't know, get in, write a new book. or, And we say it and it sort of falls along the wayside because life happens. Other things happen. So a coach that you speak to once a week or whatever period you choose keeps you on that path and right. helps you I'm a positive thinker. I don't know if I'm rambling on, but I believe in positive psychology. And I will look at, like I said, the blended family. I like the value-added family. I like even if there's a divorce, what did you get from that marriage that you can say was good? I'm going to look at something positive. And so that's what coaching, I think, does. Absolutely. I'm talking a lot, Amanda. I'm listening. (laughs) I was going to ask you a couple questions. So A, I am uh, big on positive affirmations myself. And I believe that's how you can overcome some small mental challenges um, within uh, in order to have success. So you mentioned relationship co- coaching and you mentioned being an accountability partner. I'd love to hear a success story about a couple that you were able to help work through. I'd love to understand a little bit more about the time frame that you work with folks and how people kind of find you because it's a very personal relationship that you, uh, if you're selected to be the relationship coach, there has to be some synergy there. So kind of explain how the, the client process or acquisition might might what an interesting question I should have known it was going to happen you don't have a lot of success in marriage counseling (laughs) however there are clients that I have seen 10 years ago that call me because they remember hearing my they, they say we hear you talking to us and they want to come back with a refresher or with an an issue um now in coaching I I haven't had a lot of success yet because it's new. I had, I have one couple that I have seen as a as a couple when they were very young, a marriage a, a marriage couple, that is an amazing success. They had every problem you can imagine: drugs. He was bipolar. You know, she was had she was an alcoholic. He was bipolar. Finances. They had no money. I mean, you name it. The list was huge. And I saw them on and off for years. They would come back. They would leave. You know, turned out that today, now today, she's gotten rehab. He's gotten a great job. They bought a house. They had another child. I mean, I call them my success couple. Now, I'm the kind of counselor that kind of uses humor. So I always try to, you know, our sessions are not always gloom and doom. You know, humor is very important. So I bring that a lot. So people enjoy me. When I first started this being a New Yorker and I was in the South, I thought, ooh, I don't know if people are going to gravitate to my style. And in all the years I've been doing this, I might have had maybe two or three that didn't like it. Most of them liked it because I gave them information. Mm -hmm. And they wanted information. They didn't want the counselor or the coach just to sit there and say, oh, and how does that make, make you, you feel? feel? <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Tell me more uh-huh. about how you feel. That didn't work. So I would give them information. The other thing they loved, and I use this a lot, especially in the coaching, is asking questions. I'm a question girl. 
my husband doesn't like it. I mean, my kids don't like it because I come up with another question all the time. But my questions made them think about something. And I, it worked. Mm -hmm. So my, my style, even with the coaching, is asking a lot of questions and then helping them move from that. But the coaching's fairly new. Mm -hmm. I gave up my counseling, I don't know, a couple of years ago, but have been very busy with my dog, as right. I imagine we'll get to that yes, piece. Absolutely. So I have not a lot of coaching clients. I'm out there, I love it, and I will do it. But it's mostly people that remembered me mm -hmm. and came back and wanted some coaching some now. And yeah. I would discuss it with them when they called and I'd say, here's what it is. Mm -hmm. If we can put this in a coaching dynamic, we're good. Yeah. But I cannot go into these problems or past things. Right. Deep it dive. is not what... And coaching does not require a, a uh, diagnosis or a license. Mm -hmm. Now, I have... Oh, I had. Well, I still have an inactive license in Georgia, my um, LPC. I gave up my license in North Carolina, my counseling license. I just made my NBCC, which is a National Board for Certified Counselors, um, retired. Congratulations. So, yeah. So, but the coaching, although I have all the experience, you don't need to have that, that license or those continuing education courses. I imagine you have great relationships with certain um, counselors because there are pieces that you're unable to take on for your clients, but you want to be able to refer them to somebody that will be able to help them with that additional piece. Yes. Great question. All right. But it's really an interesting answer. I have, I worked with two great people in my office, a psychologist. Two psychologists, a female and a male. I don't think I should mention their names. Um, loved it in coming for years. Oh, I need to tell you about my book signings too in my library. We'll get to that. So lots of times when I, especially when I was sort of winding down on my business, I would say, well, I can refer you to somebody. Mm -hmm. And I would refer to one of them. Very nice. And I'm sure vice versa because they would refer the counseling piece to well, you. Well, they would like to refer the couples because no one likes to do it. <laughs> it's very difficult. <laughs> I imagine. They, they don't want to have to, they don't want two people two in front of them. Yeah. No. So uh, what's happened though, when I referred a couple of times is it didn't work because they didn't connect mm -hmm. with the person I referred to because they were very different from me. They wanted a me. Mm -hmm. Well, they weren't going to get a me. These were wonderful professionals, wonderful, wonderful people were friends to this day, mm -hmm. but they didn't have the personality the yeah. that, that I had, and that's what they wanted. So even though I referred, it didn't last too long. Mm, I understand. Well, it, it seems that you're quite uh, good at creating that personal synergy, and your personality is so vivacious. I imagine <laughs> that people connect with you instantly. I want to talk really quickly. Uh, we'll get into your book signing, but I want to share with our listeners, first of all, thank you for bringing me this gift. Um, I have the, the Blended Families book here in front of me, and it looks like a very easy read. I look forward to reading it. Uh, my parents are divorced. I was going to say both divorced, but obviously they're divorced from each other, and both remarried. And I think I shared with you on, on our first call that I hate the term step parent, stepfather, stepmother. I detest, it has a negative connotation to me. So I refer to them both as my bonus 
parents love it because they are a wonderful and rich addition to my life and my family there's nothing step about it they have their own families from their previous spouses etc but they are welcomed and celebrated in my world and again that's just a personal term that I like to use and I think I shared that with you and you're also um, enthusiastic about it well that's been talked about actually the word bonus bonus of family bonus bonus parent Mm -hmm. and that goes along with my value because it 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 brings the whole thing into looking at it from a different frame of reference and that's so important because it's so negativized um my daughter oh yeah i'll make you laugh you want to (laughs) laugh it's pretty funny when my daughter knew i was writing a book on blended family she's in a blended family Uh in the beginning it was horrific and that was the word horrific her experience what her experience yes with her blended family was horrific horrible and she said um you should title the book blended families heaven or hell oh no (laughs) i said i can't write that is nobody's gonna read it (laughs) it's discouraging she was very negative and talk about a success and i wasn't part of it okay well i'm not i'm past my daughter this is an amazing thing because she absolutely she's a new yorker she's an italian she's worse than i am she's in your face no one's going to tell karen what to do or not do that's it she's that's it i am who i am i never thought this would turn around she is now suffering from leukemia she's in moffitt hospital in tampa she's doing well and her family her husband's family is her support and it is phenomenal. Oh. It is such a wonderful, wonderful thing to see. Well, congratulations to her in working through that that challenge. Uh, I'd like to think that she read your book, obviously. <laughs> she hasn't read <laughs> it? not going near Stop my book. <laughs> I'd like to ask you before we shift gears about the artwork because it's very, I don't want to use the word cute and make it sound like, like like girly cute but it's it's very unique and I love to see and um, I'm sure we'll feature a, a photo in the show notes but the like the attitude on the little kids faces is so cute so it's a couple it's a mom and a dad getting married and then there's a minister whoever's performing the ceremony and there's two children on either side and the little girl's got her arms crossed like she's like sassy and then the little boy's sticking his tongue out and of course one family has a cat and the other has a dog so it's all you know it's the opposites attract type thing tell me a little bit of about the um, the creative behind the artwork, I, it, was it you? Are no. you an artist? I okay, am and so how you worked with them to bring it to life. I am so glad you asked because when I saw that, my editor, who's helped me with most three of my books, actually came up with that. Uh-huh. And of course, you know, we we, we had a lot of um, things that she would pass back and forth mm-hmm. to me to see if I liked. And I think it's brilliant. It's I so cute. absolutely when I saw the expressions, yes. when I, I said this is but Amanda, the other thing is it does look like it could be a kid's book, uh-huh. but it's not a kid's book. No. I think but it's inviting to this all <laughs> Yeah. Now I wish I could take credit for it, but I'm gonna tell her that you loved it. Uh, yeah. I feel like the little boy saying nanny nanny boo boo with his tongue out. When you look through the book you'll uh-huh. see cartoons. Yeah that are not in color but you'll see cartoons that she's done with that's why it's such a it's an adorable book mm-hmm. it's one that you pick up and you just read this chapter and then it's a, she folds it into a recipe we we put it into a recipe so, so every time apply. 
I would see the book, I say, no, you have to cut that out, cut that out, cut that out. It's too much. I don't want people to have to read all that. Mm-hmm. It's very digestible. I look that's, forward to that's it. For a recipe book, well, Amanda. For those listening that want to find it or find out more about other uh, your other works, um, where is there they're a website they can visit? They're Amazon? all on Amazon, but okay. they're all over. They're in Kobo Books. They're in uh, whatever. All the book Barnes and Nobles, oh, very iTunes. Nice. Okay, they're everywhere. Very cool. So you're you're famous. I know. I'm so glad you picked on that cover. I can't I wait to tell it. her it's today. Just, it's so it just pops like visually. Just <laughs> I love it. And if you really look at the expression and the dog, I know I mean, the I, dog's like, oh, and I'm. You getting, don't you're understand. Dog, pe- um, animals make a big um, have a big thing with blended families. Oh yeah. Because I'll tell you, they fight over who gets the animal. I will tell you. It's not um, an animal. Yes, it's my we, boy. That's a whole another story for another day. Before we have, um, uh, before we go to our break, I'd like for you just to share briefly about the book signings that you are mentioning. Then we're going to shift gears to talk about our quadruped friend in studio. Okay. Well, I did at the Coming Library. My books are now in the four branches of the Coming Library. Hey, shout out for signing. Uh huh. And I did a, a signing at the Coming Library. The one. The one incoming, well, there's so incoming, yeah. it's off, um, I don't know the name of the street, off Highway 9. Okay. That big coming library. Also did at, um, read it again books, mm-hmm. I think they call it Swanee, but to me it's like on Johns Creek, so yeah. I did um, a book signing there. Um, since I have two residences, mm-hmm. which I we didn't talk about. Dual residency. Dual, that's good, I'm in Charlotte and I'm here. So it, it's difficult to move around and navigate and schedule, which we right. know, don't yes. we? <laughs> but um, so yeah, so that's just the the current right now. Very nice. So someone could find you like at, have you ever done a book signing at Barnes and Nobles or something? I haven't done that. But with the very first book, The Gift of a Lifetime, Books a Million was very big. And I did loads of those and had posters and oh, everything done. That's exciting. So. I feel like you've lived so many lives in just this one. Actually, it's funny. I was at my hair um, lady the other day. Uh-huh. And I said, you know, I'm going to be on this this interview, this this radio show about powerhouse women. Am I? I don't know that I'm a powerhouse woman. She said, oh, Yes, you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> and again, we have to give a shout out to Dr. Bill Lampton, who is the person who connected us. We've both been featured on his uh, Biz Communications um, YouTube show that he does, and he's a very successful um, coach and mentor to me. So he was perfect in pairing you and also uh, nominating you for this show. Um, For those of you who are just joining us, my guest today is Barbara Peters, and we're going to have a quick break to recognize some of our partners of the series, but when we return, we're going to get into our four-legged friend who is in studio. Since 1982, CAB Incorporated has been a distinguished leader in manufacturing and global sourcing, serving a variety of industries, including infrastructure, hydraulics, automotive, and rail with their precision, machined, iron, and steel products. As a woman-owned company, CAB Incorporated is proud to be a returning partner of the Celebrating Powerhouse Women Series. With strong roots in the past and firm footing in the future, Capital City Home Loans combines an old-fashioned sense of community with a progressive attitude. They are a trusted full-service lender, offering mortgage finance products and empowering their associates to help clients choose the best options. They are focused on being the best and strongest lender in the Southeast. Visit cchl.com slash locations to see all of their offices, including Gwinnett. 
All right, welcome back to Celebrating Powerhouse Women. I am your host, Amanda Pierce, joined in studio by Barbara Peters and Sir Britton himself. For those of you who do not know Sir Britton, you will get to see some cute photos on, on the show notes. But Britton is a King Cavalier, and he is a certified therapy dog therapy dog and i'm gonna let barbara take it from here but take us back to the wonder years of his pup his pup days i'm going to make you laugh on that one too so when i wanted to get a cavalier king charles spaniel i I, well i didn't know what this breed was i have a jeweler friend in coming and i go and i go went to his store and he had a dog like this i said what kind of dog is that her name is charlotte oh she must be 15 now and he it's it's his best friend. Mm-hmm. She rides on his motorcycle with glasses. He puts glasses oh on. No, I had a picture of that on his motorcycle with the sunglasses. And she's in the store with him. And I said, I have to have this dog. What is his name? The jeweler. I think I'm in Rotary with him. What is I his put you on the spot. I know. I forgot yes, it. Too. Yes. It, Roger. Oh, Roger. No, not it's, it's Roger. <laughs> uh, the gold, the gold. I don't know what he calls himself. I'm sorry. The gold guy. Yeah. But so I wanted that dog. Mm-hmm. Well, it turned out that um, I got one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so when I when I wanted the dog, I wanted a therapy dog. Mm-hmm. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to give back to the community. Right. I wanted my life now to give back and enrich people. Oh, wait till you hear this. So I went up to Lula, Georgia and, and met these dogs. And she said, if you want a therapy dog, you need to take one of these two because the father was a therapy dog. His ah. father. Now, I don't know if DNA crosses from dogs. <laughs> it's in his like genes. People. genes. It's in his genes. But so there were two little boys. I should have taken both of them. But we took him. At the time, she said, if I left him there another month, they would start training him. Well, I decided I would love that because we have another Cavalier that we got before her him Mm -hmm. and we couldn't train her for whatever it's a female Mm -hmm. so I left him another four weeks he came to me crate trained he would know how to sit he knew how to walk on a leash it was phenomenal he had two accidents in his life wow now in order to make him a therapy dog well his father was a therapy dog his mother was from Ireland and the two pictures I have the pictures of the mother and father are so different Uh she's very very stately and very prim and proper and the father has more like his face uh-huh. and is just vibrant yeah you know i love the father in his eyes oh the father's picture yeah. is great so i had to go to um i went to petco mm-hmm. and did the first training which was he had to be a good citizen mm-hmm. so i took him there then i had to find um an organization which is alliance of therapy dogs or national so he can go anywhere and be a therapy dog and I had to do three supervised visits with a tester and they take you to they call it two medical and one not but the medical are like a nursing home you know and they watch you and the dogs it's not about the dog they call it a team Mm -hmm. and they want to see that you know the dog so let's say I'm in a visit with him and he's getting tired and he's there too long I have to know that so I can take him out and say he's had enough for today or I have to be able to if he's not if he's scared of somebody or I have to make sure that he stays away from that yeah so it's a team so I got through that and Britain has been doing this for over five years wow the year of the pandemic was sad oh this is a great story because we couldn't go to the assisted living. We go to an assisted living. We were at the canine crew at the Charlotte Douglas Airport. 
that was fun. I would stand in front of Concourse B in front of this little store for two hours. Wow. No chair for me. Uh-huh. And people would walk by and pet him. Sometimes there were like six or seven kids and adults petting him mm-hmm. for two hours. Oh, it goodness. was fantastic. Well, He's he, well socialized. He made a friend at the assisted living. Mm-hmm. The woman, he was at her 100th birthday party. <gasps> wow. I even put a hat on him. Oh. And she had 100 and fabulous. They did a party for her in the assisted living. And I br- made pictures of Britain, three pictures, mm-hmm. and we framed them and gave it to her as a gift. Aww. So I have these pictures. Sad news. Margaret died during the time I couldn't see her. Oh, the pandemic. When I would take her to him, she would be in a recliner chair and dozing. He would jump on her, the only one he ever would jump on, and she would open her eyes and wake up and smile. She loved him. He loved her. And every time I left, this was a classy woman. She said, thank you for coming. Very sad. She probably died at 101 and a half. Wow. So he's made some friends yeah. there that know him. And it's just been to see these people smile. So rewarding. To see these people thank me. One time I went into a lady and the physical therapist was there and the lady was refusing to do anything. She didn't want to get out of the chair and the physical therapist wanted her to get with the walker and walk. I said, what if we go with you? Britain goes with you. Out of the chair she got. Britain and I walked with her all around. The physical therapist thanked me. Wow. He has made so many people happy, and that's what I want to devote my life to. But another thing that happened recently is Alliance of Therapy sends out notices to all their people for people who are looking for therapy dogs. So the library wanted somebody to bring a dog so the kids could read to the dog. Mm. Britain now goes to the library, and they read him books. That is amazing. It's so cute. You know, I'm a firm believer that animals enhance people's lives, whether it be dogs or cats. You know, uh, Mike and I have a great friend and the supporter of the series, Terry Jondal, who um, is a part of Cat Rangers, which is a rescue organization. But similarly, you can go and you can sit with them and you can, you know, work or just, you know, just have animal therapy. It's so, so rewarding for those people who aren't allergic and it's just uh, kind of relief you know it just kind of provides you with some relief and and some friendship to say some camaraderie that's interesting you say the allergic there are some people in the assisted living who when I asked them would you like to see the dog he said you're talking and, and about they me say mom. no and so we don't go in the memory care unit they're really not all together a lot and but you we, we even when, when we put a hand on him or we have them touch him, it's just amazing. Yeah, the senses and, and come it, alive. Uh, animals are the best. You know, as a nurse, well, of course I know this. You probably know this. When you talk to an animal, your blood pressure goes down. I did not know that. Ah! <laughs> Does everybody talk to them in a baby voice like me? Well, yes. You see, now, Amanda, I'm glad you said that because when you talk to a dog, your voice changes. Yeah. I will talk baby. to him. Hey, Britt. Oh. Hey, Britt. Uh-huh. You know. You change your voice, which changes your feeling inside, and it it is a known fact. You can get, you can uh, Google, Google it. Uh huh. Blood pressures can be lowered. Wow. You know these dogs that go to um. Oh, one more story. Uh-huh. I don't know if what our timing, but I went to the assisted living a couple of weeks ago, and we went to this girl's r- lady's room who we always knew, Linda, and all these people were in the room. She was in hospice and she was dying. Mm. She ha- was in, a b- in her bed with absolutely no, she was out of it. Yeah. We put Britain on her bed. 
We put her hand on his paw. The family was so thankful to me, and we talked, and she could hear us. Oh. She knew Britain was there. Oh, God she died the him. next day. Oh, he's touched so many lives. Mm -hmm. Well, there's one common theme that I'm recognizing here, Barbara, between not only your coaching and being an author and also the service that you provide um, through therapy with your animal, and that is that you are, A, an empathetic person, that you like to serve and give, and it's all kind of connected in a, a larger scope, I believe. So my question is, where did your inspiration to serve in the capacity that you do derive? God, Amanda, that's a great question. I've wanted to do this for so long. I just feel that it's inside of me to be, to help others. I, I, I it's a good question because my kids are different. Um, I, I honestly don't know where I got it from. I th it probably goes back to my childhood when I loved animals, and my mother would always give away my dogs. <laughs> no. Oh, yes. One got sick. She gave it away. One bit, well, one bit the neighbor. Well, we gave that one away. Well, what did the neighbor do? <sighs> Maybe he deserved the bite. It was a little girl. He oh, bit, no, uh, never mind. The, the dog bit her. I remember this. And I think maybe it was from not having, you know, those eight years when my parents were separated and I was sort of alone. I didn't have so, so a lot of support. Uh, my brother was older than I am. See, I also am adopted. Mm -hmm. So, but I was adopted at three days old. But I learned I was adopted um, when I was about 12, I guess. So, and I always wondered about that. I ended up finding my biological family. Wow. I found so it was an open adoption. No, it was no, closed. closed. But I had I I was I'm I persevere when I want to do something I go after it and I knew where the records were and we got we got people to write letters we got it mm -hmm. so I found that's how I know I'm Italian, mm -hmm. 100% Italian. <laughs> I never found I found pretty much the mother's side. I never got to meet my mother because she died of an aneurysm. Mm -hmm. Never got to meet her, but I met the aunts and the cousins and I think. It was from all of that that I must have decided somewhere, not consciously, well, I'm now going to help. It sort of was coming out. Yeah, yeah. It's That's a great question. Absolutely. I, I, I wish I could give you a, a better definitive answer, but it's who I am. Yes. I constantly want to do this, and I don't understand some people who don't. Wouldn't want to give. To put it into the words of uh, one of my mentors, Randy Brunson, be generous with your time, treasures, and talents. And I think that you are generous with all Aww. three of those. Barbara, you, you have got so much to offer, not only just friends, community members, your family, and our listeners. Um, if you were to leave our listeners with maybe one takeaway, whether it be about relationship development, whether it be about communication, forgiveness, empathy, any of the things, what would be a parting um, thought or note that you'd like to leave I've with our audience? One. I used to work at the um, uh, mental health hospital in Georgia as a lead nurse, and they sent out a... Um, a little m newsletter every time. And I found this one little saying in there that I've told my clients over and over and over. And it's something like this. <clears throat> if you, someone was gonna give you $1,400, deposit it in your bank account every day, nine o'clock in the morning, bank's open. The only one thing you had to do for that was to spend it. And you'd get it the next day. 
you can't have any leftover. You have to spend it all. Mm -hmm. My clients would say to me, well, can I buy this? Can I give it away? Can I donate it? And I would say, you have to spend it. So here's the whole thing. You do have that bank account. Do you know what it is, Amanda? Time. Minutes. Minutes. Do the math. You have 1,440 minutes a day. Wow. And each day you don't use those minutes with a positive or the best of yours it's gone there is no do-over you can't say well i didn't like what i did yesterday at three o'clock i got to change it so you want a parting thought Mm -hmm. or you want something that i would leave it would be for everybody to take their minutes every day and live it fully live it with blessings for people live it with kindness i'm gonna cry (laughs) and give to others because that's what life's about I agree with you 100%. Well, thank you for sharing your wisdom and your experience and your life with our listeners. I know that everybody probably enjoyed it just as much as I did. I look forward to reading my Blended Families book. Thank you again for my gift. And um, I don't know, did uh, did Britain have any any parting parting thoughts for us? Did we have a, a little woof? Can we get a woof woof? Brent, woof, woof. Oh, he's he's leaving in the chair for those who can't see. He's so sweet. He's so well behaved. This is his first radio appearance. <laughs> there he is. I think he probably has a more um, robust bark. That he sounds does. like a chihuahua. No, he does. That sounds like that a sounds chihuahua, like a Mike. Dog. <laughs> well, for those of you out there listening, uh, Barbara, where can people find uh, information about your services? Do you have a website that you'd like to Oh, leave? yes. Yeah. It's simple, barbarajpeters.com. Can't be any simpler <laughs> than that. Barbara J. And Peters. my blogs are on there and everything's on there. All Britain's right. on there. Britain's on there. Well, thank you again for joining us. And for all of you out there listening, this is Celebrating Powerhouse Women. You can listen to all these archived episodes at businessradiox.com by selecting the Gwinnett Studio. You can listen anytime, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I listen on Apple iTunes. Where do you listen, Barbara? Uh, that's a good one. ITunes? Yeah. Yeah, it comes right there on your phone. Uh, I am your host, Amanda Peerch, and we are live every Friday at 1130, and we hope that you will join us. If you find value in this series, please leave us a rating and a review. I would love to connect with you on LinkedIn, Amanda, P-E-A-R-C-H. And until next time, this has been Celebrating Powerhouse Women on Business Radio X.